it's fascinating that you embrace it and I'm more like define myself against it somehow. Mm-hmm. When you say keep your kept your religion, what do you mean? I mean that I pray actually. Mm-hmm. So like so praying is a way to to have some sort of continuity and safety. Mm-hmm. Which I think can be a lot of things to different people but really meaningful and it feels good to have sort of this place in my mind I can like revisit and go back to if things are really crazy mm-hmm. I can go there and and is this something you do at the same time every day or is it like do you do it at night at least at night I, I think I want to make it clear when I said uh, that I have routines I follow. It's really not the things that, like, that I have to do. As for example, you would say like going to yoga, because all of the sort of the routines that I do have, they are not even routines. It's like they happen by themselves. Hmm. Um, so you don't tell yourself I'm going to eat lunch at noon or something. No, like that. it's you like, just happen to. It's more like I need lunch at noon. Mm-hmm. It's like a. It's sort of it's some sort of unconscious collaboration between my body and my unconscious. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's sort of these uh, things that have proved themselves to, yeah. So what does that look like if you, like, say, for instance, you know, you've, in the past year, you've moved and you're here temporarily in Maastricht. How does that change? So I do uh, adjustments uh, with the time and slowly also, like, the when I go to bed and when I get up, it, like, changed a little bit. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't change anything drastic. It's like I have this sort of, um, what's it called when offices, they have these, like, core hours, you know, mm-hmm. or these hours that you have to be in office, and then there are, like, f- a certain flexibility around those hours. So I guess that's somehow how I work. Like, I have these guidelines for myself almost um, that creates stability so I can sort of apply them where, wherever I am. It's definitely, like, a, a way to take care of my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you said you reduce the amount of decisions you have to make. Like, I know some people wear all black for that reason. Like, are there, I mean, you talked about bedtimes and food, but is there anything like that that you do? Yeah, like, definitely, are, like, yeah. clothes. Like, if I find something I like, I just stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, if it's something that doesn't mean a lot to me, like, I found, like, my sneaker, but then I'm using my... Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's done, I get a new one of the that sneaker because when I don't have to make as many decisions there's like uh, uh, less things to to like uh, put me put me off my um, stability yeah and how much of this do you think is related to being an artist like do you think this would apply no matter what you did or do you think that you've chosen a path that's pretty unstable and so you've sought ways to make it more stable in the rest of your life Mm, well, I do think that I, if I would have a more stable life situation, I think I would still need some sort of uh, like this sort of excitement that that the art brings about. So yeah, I think it could be very different actually if I if my work was like yeah, if you were in an office. Nine to yeah, five. yeah, yeah, yeah. If I didn't do art, I would still have to do something else that brings about some of the things that art still does to my life now. I think I would f- have difficulties finding a healthy output for that. Mm. Do you think you would have the same lifestyle 
Oh, you couldn't. <laughs> I oh, get um, I get quickly bored when I have like when the times when I have had, not that I've had a super stable jobs or anything, but like the times when I have had, you know, Monday through Friday from this time to this time, be at this place, and there's a routine. Like especially when I worked at a, a preschool, you know, it was very um, structured because the kids have to nap at a certain time and they have to get up and they have to play, and it was very structured in a way that can quickly become boring to me. Just, I don't know, I, something about the nature of being having to be somewhere for a certain amount of time uh, regularly is, I find it kind of oppressive. And I understand the need for that for children. And like maybe I missed, you know, because I missed out on that stability, then it makes it hard for me to create any routine of my own as an adult. Like I, I sometimes I eat breakfast, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I wake up early. Sometimes I, most of the time I don't. Let's be honest. And <laughs> uh, sometimes I go to bed at a reasonable hour. You know, sometimes I exercise. It's just kind of all over the place, mm. and it can be frustrating because I think I don't get as much done as I could. But then I also question the need for getting things done. You know, like yeah, what yeah, does yeah. that mean? This productivity. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the person was asking for tips for coping. So. I guess the point of maybe us having such different ways of coping would be that you have to think about uh, what's best for you. Like if you're more like Anna and you thrive off of having certain um, structure to And if life. you have like an inclination to any sort of mental <laughs> illness. Then yeah. maybe the structure, yeah. you know, would give you the framework uh, to help you with the instability of the rest of your life. And then... Maybe if you're like me, <laughs> um, not, trying not to feel so bad about being unstable. I think that's been the biggest problem is just seeing how other people live and then comparing myself and then... Hmm. Yeah, because it's such a huge potential if you can, if you're able to embrace it. Yeah. Yeah, you can, I can imagine if you can feel so free to a certain extent when you're like, hey, it's, it's 2 a.m. and I'm still working and I like it or the other way around like it's 2 a.m. I'm doing nothing but I can it doesn't want to affect my 7 30 work tomorrow because no one is telling me to work at 7 30 tomorrow mm -hmm. okay then uh, moving on to our next question today we just have the questions on our phones here so so the computer won't be noisy <laughs> um next question is it's not really someone asking for advice but more of our opinion what do you think of polyamory i'm trying to think what kind of advice this person <laughs> wants well i do have one opinion about polyamory i think it's really bad of the people who are on tinder to say that they're polyamorous and they like um, destroy the word polyamory when they use it as a like a synonymous no synonymous syn as a synonym mm -hmm. for being jerks. Because then you're ruining for all the ethical people out there. Well, I, I would suggest you could, uh, you could read uh, The Ethical Slut. The second edition has some, some um, extra on polyamory. Um, if you want to know how to not be like those jerks on Tinder <laughs> and that uh, use the... Uh, polyamory is like a excuse for being assholes yeah 
And I think, um, I can't remember the name of the documentary that I watched, and it was a, I'm pretty sure it was a series, actually. It might have been on Netflix. But in it, it seemed like sometimes there was one person in a couple that wanted to be polyamorous, and the other person, not wanting to lose them, would go along with it. But then they, they seemed hesitant the whole time. You know, like, they seemed like they were trying to um, to be free and, like, enjoy themselves, but they couldn't. And so I think it would have to be in a situation where uh, both people are comfortable with it and one person doesn't feel pressured. Yeah, definitely. So the next question is, I would like to be entirely financially independent from my parents, but I don't think I can do that in the short run due to various factors, including my fragile mental health. I don't come from a particularly wealthy family, so I also carry around with me an acute sense of guilt because of this, which causes a lot of stress and sometimes prevents me from taking good care of myself. What should I do? Especially what should I be telling myself not to trap myself in a corner? You have issues with your mental health. So, you know, think about if it wasn't your mental health but your physical health, you wouldn't be questioning yourself so much. Like, say, you know, you had a serious back injury and you needed to rely on your parents for a while um, in order to get better and then, you know, become financially independent from them. You wouldn't... And, and no one would question, you know, you getting help from your family. So, like... When you have uh, issues with your mental mental health, you also need time to heal, and you also need support from your family. But I see that the you know you have a sense of guilt because your family isn't wealthy, so perhaps you feel like you're a burden to them, which isn't you know necessarily helpful with trying to get better if you feel bad all the time. What you say about physical illness is uh, really makes it clear that uh, sometimes uh, you have to depend on other people. We don't live alone. We can't fix everything ourselves, and sometimes we need more help than other times. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like your parents are supportive, uh, and that is amazing. And maybe, if it's possible, you could try to swap some of the guilt with just a feeling of safety or or comfort. Yeah. Um, just knowing that uh, you will get independent, but you need um, help for a while. Yeah. And um, I think doing whatever you can at the various stages of your recovery can be really helpful. So, like, if you can, you know, work a part-time job that will help lead to the career that you eventually want to have, and that's not too much of a... Um, you know, too much of a burden on you right now, then the little steps will help you not only, um, you know, financially, but over time with the with the life that you want to eventually have. So like taking small steps instead of expecting to just go from, you know, being entirely dependent on your parents to being financially independent. I think it can also be useful to to find out or make some sort of plan for yourself, but that of course is totally dependent on your on your um, health situation. Yeah, um, and also to see uh, in which in which uh, spaces or places in life are you independent from your parents, and also to focus on them because of course you're not you're not dependent on your parents for everything. So in which in which spaces in your own life are you independent, and how can you? Um, look at those things uh, and and reflect uh, on that independence, not only the 
the um, the aspects of your financial dependence on your parents. Yeah, and think about the ways that you contribute, you know, that aren't financial. But it's tricky. You're saying that that you feel bad because your parents aren't that rich. This person um, feels dependent on their parents financially. Also, they're probably an American. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if if healthcare is a part of the the issue and it's not being provided for by um, the government, then you know they would need help from yeah. their parents. But at the same time, I think there is uh, I think there is guilt associated when people. You know, when you're saying you have, you know, artists who are uh, uh, supported by their parents, their art practice is supported by their wealthy parents. Um, I do think that there is some shame surrounding that because those people don't talk about it, you know, because I, there's some people that I, their lives, I know that their lives totally don't make sense. Like they don't work and they haven't won any big awards and or grants or anything. Um, but somehow they still produce like these uh, big budget works and are able to do all these things and they don't talk about how they support their life. Mm. So I think the fact that people aren't even mentioning like how their life is possible means that there's some kind of uh, shame. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, they can see that that's an unfair advantage. But this is a totally different issue than what we're talking about. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> Getting into art funding loops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> This person is in a is a tough situation, and you shouldn't feel bad because yeah. you're sick. Yeah. Focus on the things in life where you feel independent. Yeah. How to know if you're a lesbian who likes dick or if you're just a bisexual? If you're a lesbian, you're into women, not dicks. Or... You could be a bisexual, or I guess you could be a lesbian. Hold on. No, wait, now I'm a little confused. Recently, when I listened to Dan Savage, my uh, advice guru, there was a female lesbian caller who had a rant about bisexuals saying that they're lesbians and really destroying the, the destroying for the lesbian community because... If you go out, call yourself a lesbian, and then like, oops, dick. <laughs> that, can, that can be kind of annoying for lesbians who are really not oops, dick. Because uh, <laughs> if you're oops, dick, men with this dick might um, offer you their dick, if that's sort of their idea. experience yeah. and idea. Maybe for uh, to be su- more supportive of uh, lesbians around, you should um, go for the bisexual one. <laughs> and I think this comes down to a question of labels, like the fact that we uh, are still at a point where we need to uh, give ourselves labels because certain communities are uh, treated differently or don't have the same rights. So it can make it tricky. You know, if you have identified as a lesbian to your family and your community and then you still like penises, then, you know, it can be a, a bit of an identity shift if you then are like, actually, I'm bisexual. But like Anna said, um, you know, these words, I mean, use the word that describes what what you are. But it is difficult in the sense that it is um, fluid. Yeah. Um, people change. And... And this is all kind of, this is based on an idea of like, there's two ends and then there's the middle. And I think, you know, it's definitely more of a spectrum. Yeah, definitely. Like you could be, you know, 90%. 
Yeah. Into women and then 10%. Yeah. Into penises. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was also thinking that um, in general, um, um, bisexual, uh, to be bisexual is uh, statistically, if you're out, can be, um, uh, you can, exp- there's like a greater, like there are worse stats for bisexuals than lesbians. Uh, maybe because in what way what I'm trying to say like there is more uh, risk uh, behavior suicide attempts like it's a higher um, it's like if if you're a lesbian it's easier to be accepted in the queer community uh, than if you're a bisexual mm-hmm. so bisexual is somehow this um, definition that uh, often feel that they don't uh, feel included in neither like a straight or a gay community. So I think it can also be good to go online, find yourself, uh, to make sure you find like a community or a place where you can talk about these things. Yeah. Should she just be able to call herself a lesbian if that's what she wants? I think people can call Call themselves whatever whatever they want, want. but then, you know, it's about being, I mean, just be, you know, like, uh, there's instances like, um, Rachel Dolezal in the oh, States yeah. who who says she's black and you know it's like she can say she's black if she wants to but it's it's really about the community that you identify with and whether or not they accept you and whether or not the struggles you go through are the same so I see that maybe like you identify with the lesbian community and it feels uh in some way maybe if you feel I don't know disloyal or yeah or just confused by you know your desires in a way that wouldn't, I mean, if we eventually have a world where people can just, you know, pursue who they want to and and understand that sexuality is a, is a spectrum, um, we wouldn't have these kind of dilemmas yeah. of trying to figure out what to call yourself. Okay, should we, should we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, labels can be so useful and not useful. Right. Yeah. I had a discussion with someone about this, about race, you know, like it's... Race is entirely made up, but then at the same time, because of how it's been used, we still need the labels in order yeah. to identify the ways that certain things affect certain yeah. communities. Uh, the next question is, how do you make friends in a new city of residence when you don't have a social job? It's easy to meet people, but a lot harder to befriend them, especially as I have a hard time connecting to people. I want to reach the level of inclusion where they call me to invite me into their plans, but it seems right now that I only have a social life if I happen to be at the right spot at the right time. I think what stands out to me is that you want people to call you and invite you into their plans, but... You have to call yourself. Yeah. You should uh, invite the people that you really want to be friends with to do things with you. And if it, it doesn't always work out, but I think you need to take the first step. Because when you meet people who are in a city where they've already been and they have friends, they aren't looking for friends necessarily. And no. you are, so... You gotta prove yourself to be indispensable. <laughs> um, but uh, depending on how many people you meet at all, I guess there are different, more practical strategies to meet people as well. I remember I was really sad when I couldn't, uh, when I stopped using Tinder when I went to residencies, because that was just like the easiest way of just meeting someone. You know, it's like so much easier to meet someone on Tinder than to like go on a friend date or something like that. Oh, so you would meet friends through Tinder? No, 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 I wouldn't, but I wish I could. You know, like uh-huh. after a while, I was like, well, I, I can't use Tinder. And Or sometimes I realize that, 
like that I was actually just using Tinder to like go and have an ice cream with someone. They were like, well, what's happening now? And I was like, no, I'm just bored. I just want one <laughs> friend. Like, well, you're on the wrong app. But um, <laughs> so what I can suggest, if you want to make friends who also need friends, uh, you could uh, do volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've signed up for I've for a couple of different residencies I've done, which has been long term. I've been a refugee guide in the Red Cross. You're in a situation where you want to meet someone and be uh, sort of in a mean- meaningful exchange. And the other person is also want to meet someone and be in some sort of meaningful yeah. exchange or relationship. Because sometimes I, I, I agree with this fact when you go somewhere and, you know, especially if you're when you're adult, it's like people are sort of done with their... They have made their friends, yeah. Especially if they haven't moved a lot, like they're sort of set in their, mm-hmm. in their more stable <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, but at the same time, I've been able to break into those closed communities. Ooh. <laughs> um, I think. So you, but how did you get there? I think isn't it difficult to just to? Uh, how do you get into that community in the first place? Because you can't just sort of walk up to a stranger and be like, "Hey, you want to?" Someone has done that to me. Yeah. Weren't but you then freaked out? I, w- I was. And then I realized also that when she finally called me, because I gave her my number, that she was interested in me and for more than a friendship. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you have it. But, so, um, but in terms of breaking into like a group of people who have established friendships and they are from a place, and um, you know, I've invited people to do things. Like I uh, create reasons to hang out. You know, like so do you pick one of them? Like you see this group, and they're like, they seem to have a really good time together. No, I want to be one of them. <laughs> no, inviting no? A, a group of people, but then ah. at the same time, um, that actually came from from jobs. So you mentioned that you don't have a social job. Um, I read something once, and I can never remember where I read things, but um, it said friends are the people you do things with. And so sometimes you'll find when you move that you don't really ha- you don't really keep in touch with certain friends, and it's because all friendships don't last. But they were friends that you did something with. So like, um, if you like running, maybe you have a running friend, or if you uh, I don't know swim, you have a swimming friend. So I wouldn't rely on your job for friendship, but maybe uh, pursue activities that you're already interested in, and then you'll have something in common with the people that you're meeting from the start. And that's a reason to keep meeting and develop a deeper friendship. It could be volunteering, and it could be cooking. It could be, you know, there's like a Yeah, but then, and then I guess it's good with the kind of stuff where it's like natural, that like you have a, some sort of interaction. Yeah. Like a yoga class might be a little tricky. Yeah, because there's no talking really. <laughs> yeah. But it is strange how you get, when you get older, you get uh, more particular about who you can be friends with. Like I've noticed this, children just play with each other. They don't really, like, ask a bunch of questions. They just, you know, do things together. And adults, like, if we um, have very different views, it's hard to be friends with someone. Mm. Have you found that? Or do you have friends with... I think most of my... I'm not sure, though. But I think that's partly what I liked about, like, this volunteer work or sort of this... um, When you meet someone and you have, like, maybe not that much in common... But it's like it's sort of like an arranged uh, relationship. So mm-hmm. you, where both is sort of trying to figure out sort of what is our common meeting ground, and like maybe it's also like practice of the language, and there are like all these different elements. But I really like that that it's sort of a 
set commitment hmm. um, that, to see each other to see each other and to open up it can really give like a different perspective on whichever city you are in to have this yeah you know, this perspective that you usually not put yourself in mm-hmm. I think the biggest point of all this is that you're going to need to make some effort like you can't expect people especially you said you have a hard time connecting to people so maybe you're a bit socially awkward um but you can't expect people to come knocking your door down you know because you moved into a new city um you need to be really active going to different kinds of activities and giving yourself opportunities to meet people and then even so it takes a while to develop close relationships or it can take a while sometimes i mean you can become close to someone in a, mm. a few weeks or days and and be i think it's good also to be like not so judgmental or like give people like a couple of chances unless they're like gruesome yeah because uh, thing relationships have a tendency to grow mm-hmm. just think of like when you started in, in in class or something and it usually takes a while for before like some relationships start to set yeah which are not at all the first maybe the first the the same people that you hit it off with the first day mm-hmm. and be open to friendships with people who are uh in a different age range than you are i know a lot of people only have friends in their age group like be open to having older friends and younger friends um and then you'll expand the potential for all the friendships you can have i could also um maybe this is like over the top strategic but when i moved to my city i actually did like i was literally like going online to find out like which people i think seemed fun to be with in the city <laughs> or like what kind of uh, well i i tried to figure out like what kind of uh, groups or like like oh this this feminist thing or this political thing or this um mushroom picking group or like all these kind of different but basically it's also research and it's effort like what context what context do you want to be in what can you uh, give to a community I'm and you're so <laughs> it's almost um I'm almost a little uh, sneaky I'm realizing now <laughs> yeah well think about how we became friends you were like I've been watching these uh seitan making videos you're a vegan oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even vegan I'm like yeah you're not yeah. even vegan and you were just really into like wanting to make seitan and yeah. I'd never made it and I was like sure you know you asked me enough times and I was like okay let's do it So just insist on a specific activity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yep.